1: This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy! How's everybody doing on this glorious Saturday, 10th day of June, 2023? And that's right, it is afternoon, a little bit later than we usually do this extravaganza, but you know what it is. Dan Grossa Show, right here, 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Three big hours on tap, we're taking it right up until 3 o'clock. Then it's Gordon Damer, I believe, right, Harvey? That's what we got. Where There we go. Gordon's coming up at 3 o'clock today, so we'll keep you company until then. And we have the aforementioned Harvey and Joe Leo. They are producing the program today. A remote program. We are on location. Yes, we are live in beautiful Florham Park, New Jersey, at the Atlantic Health New York Jets Training Center. No, the Jets don't have a game today. You know, you didn't get the calendar all mixed up. There's no game. No Aaron Rodgers playing the Buffalo Bills or anything like that. No, instead – Today on this Saturday, the Jets are doing this cool thing teamed up with Nike, they've teamed up with Gatorade, and they're hosting the Girls High School Flag Football Championships right here at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center, a really, really cool initiative that the Jets have partnered up with, like I said, with Nike, Gatorade, the NFL is a part of this, they even did something over in the UK with the Chicago Bears to promote uh, girls football over there across the pond earlier this season, so they're really, really on top of this stuff, and we got a couple of local championship games that are going to be played on the field behind me coming up a little bit later today, the New Jersey Championship is going to feature Ridgewood against, and this is no coincidence. Trust me, I didn't plan this. I didn't pull any swings or strings. I had nothing to do with this. But Ridgewood will take on my hometown of Hillside, New Jersey. Believe it or not, in the New Jersey Championship that gets underway at one o'clock today, and then a little bit later on at four thirty, it'll be the New York Championship between Plainview, Old Bethpage and Warwick Valley High School. So we're thrilled to be out here. It's a beautiful day, an absolutely beautiful day. Couldn't ask for a better one, especially earlier in the week, everything that transpired with the air quality and so on and so forth. No evidence of that whatsoever. It is a beautiful day for football, for outdoor activity, and it's good to get out every once in a while, right? It's good for the body, good for the soul. So we're thrilled to be here. And that is what we're going to be doing the show. We're going to have on some special guests throughout the course of the program. We're going to talk to the winning New Jersey coach a little bit later on once they get through with that game. We'll pop them onto the program later on in the program. Also, a couple of folks from the New York Jets as well. But we're still going to do a normal program for you. You know, we're still going to talk about everything that we have to talk about and get to in the world of sports. And we want to hear from you at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You can get me on Twitter as well, at Dan Gross at G-R-A. CA. Well, even though we're at the Jets, and even though, you know, we're at a, a, a football scene, you gotta talk about the baseball. That's where you have to start. Because look, if you've listened to the show all week, we've talked a lot of Mets and rightfully so. You talk about the you talk about the lead story, you talk about the train wreck, you talk about the controversy, and that has become the New York Mets right now. There's no other way around it. And we've had some fun at their expense. We've had some laughs, but I think that they were justified. And it's one thing to go down to Atlanta and you get swept by the Braves, right? The Braves are a better team. The Braves are the standard. They have been the standard for pretty much the last 30 years in that division. You haven't been able to beat them. But then you move on to Pittsburgh, right? The traveling circus known as the New York Mets moves on to Pittsburgh, PA, to take on a Pirates team that, you know, is playing good baseball this year. They really are. A lot better than probably a lot of people forecasted. I've had the manager on my shows plenty of times, Derek Shelton. He's a real good dude. I, I, I You know, I, you you pull for people based on relationships in this business. So I want to see him do well. He already got a contract extension for next year because they've won, what, 35 games, which, you know, kind of exceeds expectations in Pittsburgh, right? But it's not like we're talking about, you know, the Pirates, you know, the We Are Family Pirates from the 70s with, with Pop Stargell or the, the Pirates from, you know, the early 90s with Bobby Bonilla and Barry Bonds and Andy Van Slyke, the Jimmy Leland Pirates. We're not talking about them. And last night, the losing, the ineptitude, it just went to another level. Last night, I think, was the first time in the midst of this seven-game losing streak where you looked at the Mets and what you watched was a complete and utter embarrassment. No other way to slice it. And the question that I would have had for Buck Showalter after that game, was he proud of that? You know, because remember two nights ago when they lost to the Braves for the third straight time, he said, oh, I'm proud of this team. You know, I'm proud that they blow three or four run leads on a nightly basis. I'm proud of them. You know, they have a lot of fight. Well, what about last night? Is that one you want to put in the time capsule? You want to put that one in the Mets Hall of Fame and show that to all the fans and all the kids who are getting into baseball? Is that, to me, it looked like they were making a remake of the Bad News Bears except they were wearing Mets uniforms. I I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff that I was watching. That was actually Major League Baseball. They gave up two touchdowns. They gave up two tutties to the Pirates. And you know what? At least Pittsburgh showed you some sportsmanship, right? At least they didn't go for two. They kicked the extra point both times to only put 14 on the board. You know? So there is some sportsmanship still. But this is a Pirates team, by the way, that just got done losing two games back-to-back to the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's aren't a Major League Baseball team. They're a joke. Okay? They just lost to them back to back games and got outscored 20 to 7 in those two games. The Mets were losing last night 14 to 2 before the Pirates actually fell asleep in the ninth inning. And then when they woke up, they started playing like the Mets. I don't know how that happened. 14 to 2 after you got swept in Atlanta. So now they've lost seven in a row. Each loss is probably worse than the one that preceded it. And you're nine and a half games out of first place. And he got buck after the game. At least he, at least he didn't say that he was proud of them again. I mean, fans would have, I, I don't know what would have happened if he would have tried to recycle that one again. But last night he actually intimated, I'll, I'll let you guys hear it yourself. He was asked, I believe it was by my buddy Steve Gilb's on SNY, right at the beginning of the press conference, if he thought there was a hangover effect from the previous three games in Atlanta. Here was Buck's answer.
2: For sure, you first... know, we all know that uh, you got to turn the page, just like they did after the first tough game in Atlanta and the second one and the third one. And I uh, have a lot of comps our guys will respond and, and play better as we go forward. But uh, tonight was not one of those days.
1: You really want to hear that? a hangover effect. Look, I understand. I heard some things that the plane was late getting to Atlanta. So they didn't get into Pittsburgh until the middle of the night. These guys are making how many millions of dollars? They're playing baseball. You know, they're not getting up at the butt crack of dawn and having to do manual labor and a tough job and, you know, blood, sweat and tears, the whole thing just to put food on the table. They're playing a kid's game. They got chartered flights. They've got gourmet meals delivered to them on these flights. They stay in five-star hotels. They even put the mint on the pillow, the whole nine yards. And we're going to sit here and talk about the hangover effect. I even saw something yesterday from Buck. How about that? I, I couldn't believe it. I think it was before the game. He was actually talking about the fact that, you know, maybe try to justify and explain why the Mets are so bad this year. The hangover effect maybe from the World Baseball Classic. I, you, you can't use that one. Because every team in the sport can use that as an excuse. You know, because Francisco Lindor is not having that good of a season. He played in the WBC. Right? Omar Narvaez, who got hurt early in the season, played in the WBC. Mets had a lot of guys in the World Baseball Classic. You can't use that as an excuse. You can't. Okay? There's plenty of guys who played in the WBC who are doing just fine this season. Just fine. You know? Wanda Franco played in the WBC. He leads the world in OPS. I mean, when you start fishing for excuses, especially this early in the season, you know you got problems. What about the Atlanta series? Was that sweep a, a, a hangover from getting swept by Toronto the previous three days at City Field? What was the excuse for the Atlanta sweep? Just trying to figure it out. You got a team right now with two starting pitchers that are making $43 million a piece. And they just coughed up 34 runs in the last three games. 34 runs. Where's the owner right now? Where's Uncle Steve? Where's he been through all of this? Is he checking Twitter? He loves that Twitter. He loves the social media. Is Steve got the Twitter thumbs going? Is he seeing the pulse of the fan base right now? Or is he still arguing with Eric Adams about the parking spaces and the casino and everything over at City Field that they want to build? Has he even checked the scores once in a while and see how this team is doing? The solution is not just, hey, here's daddy's credit card. Here's a blank check. Let's go buy more players. Let's have the richest payroll known to man. That doesn't produce winning baseball. It doesn't. But if it was me, and I understand, look, $400 million, it's a drop in the bucket to a guy like Steve Coleman, who's worth $20 billion. Right, $400 million, he doesn't even know it's gone. Wouldn't even know. But if it was me, and that was my money, and it was my dime, I would be asking the people that I hired to put in charge and say, hey, guys, what the hell am I paying for? Why have we become the stock of baseball? Why are they referring to us as almost the worst team money could buy part two? Why is this happening? You know, despite all these losses, and you watch the games day in and day out, I, I hadn't ever said previously, despite any of these defeats, that they look checked out, that they look disinterested, that they didn't even want to be out there. Last night I felt that. And how could you not watch in the game? It was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Lindor can't field a T-ball grounder which opened the floodgates in that one inning. And I understand that Lindor owned it afterwards, and he took accountability and all those things. Well, that's great. And and I don't know if you guys saw this, too. Somebody pointed it out to me. Yesterday afternoon, I had to see a a, a tweet or a post from apparently Rawlings, you know, who makes the baseball gloves. Rawlings and Gucci teamed up, and they designed a special designer glove for Francisco Lindor. I kid you not. What good is it if he can't make plays like that last night? Can we stop with the Gucci? Could we stop with the flash? Could we say, And just go out there and do your job. You know, actually do what they're paying you to do for $340 million. Is that too much? You got Starling Marte who gave up on a ball down the right field line, which he thought was going to go foul, which didn't, which bounced into the stands for a ground rule double. I, I mean, that's effort. That's effort. You know, Eduardo Escobar and Francisco Alvarez recreating the bad news bears, throwing the ball about 50 feet over the first baseman's head down the right field line. Alvarez dropping a foul pop up, which a five year old could have caught. What is happening? And how about this offense? They're not without blame either. You couldn't touch Rich Hill last night? Rich Hill. Rich Hill's older than I am. You know how old Rich Hill is? I think, I, I, I mean, really. You let Rich Hill go seven innings last night. Your pitchers can't even go seven innings. You got two guys who are first ballot Hall of Famers. You paid them forty-three million dollars. They haven't gone seven innings all year, or maybe they did once. He's forty-five years old, and you couldn't touch him. You remember him? He was on your team a couple of years ago. He was the big free or a trade deadline acquisition in twenty twenty-one. They'll probably trade for him again. Billy Epler's watching the game last night probably saying, oh, that Rich Hill, boy, we need some pitching help. Let's see if we can get him. They'll probably reacquire him. And he knew this would happen, too, right? Typical Met luck. Gary Sanchez, you see what he's doing with the San Diego Padres? Five home runs in ten games with the Padres. When it rains, it pours. And it's a tidal wave right now in Metland. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take plenty of your phone calls. We'll get into the Yankees as well. They dropped one last night. But more importantly, just the idea of Yankees-Red Sox. I don't think it carries the same cachet and the same weight as it once did. Maybe that's just me. You might feel differently. Big-time performance last night for the Denver Nuggets as well. They're firmly in charge of this NBA Finals. They're going to wrap it up not if, but when, and get themselves the first championship in the history of that franchise. So we'll talk about what went wrong for Miami and what went right for Denver. And we'll do some football talk as well. Little Jets, little Giants. Heard from Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And, of course, we'll be all over the girls' flag football championships that are happening right here today in Florham Park at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center. We'll get some special guests on once those games are final. Dan Gross' show on this Saturday afternoon. We go till 3 o'clock right here on 9870
3: SPN. It's my money, and I need it now.
4: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
0: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
1: This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN. We are live from the Atlantic Health Jets Training Facility here in Florham Park, New Jersey, where later today... It's going to be the New Jersey State High School Girls Flag Football Championships for New York and New Jersey that are going to be taking place on the field right behind me. They're doing warm-ups right now. It's a beautiful day for the uh, kids to come out here and compete. So we'll uh, talk to some of the winners, championship coaches, and that sort of thing a little bit later on in the program. But we are talking baseball right now, talking Mets. And before we get to the calls, you know, you would have hoped that the big story only – from Metland yesterday was Pete Alonso, being diagnosed with a bruise, a sprain in the wrist, and he's going to be lost in all probability till at least after the All-Star break, right? I, I mean, and, and that can't be an excuse either because you were losing games when he was in the lineup. So it can't just be because your big home run hitter is not going to be in the lineup, but it's going to give you, you know, a built-in reason as to why you're going to struggle for the month of June, and that schedule was going to be tough to begin with, right? You knew going into this month that at least on paper things were going to get a lot more challenging for this baseball team you sleepwalk through the month of may and you lost the teams that on paper you probably should have beat but they didn't so you know what maybe it's just going to turn out that the mets are one of those teams this year right maybe they are just going to be a a a massive swing and a miss that they are going to be in essence the, the worst team money could buy part two but they could literally bury themselves this month if they continue to play the uninspired baseball specifically that we saw last night in pittsburgh which was a joke 800-919-3776. Eight hundred nine one nine is the telephone number. And as far as the Yankees are concerned, look, last night, what can you do? Right? Bats didn't show up. Anthony Volpe just missed playing the role of hero, which I don't know. What would that have done for the fans tonight? Or, you know, would they have been calling up saying that, you know, we've got to send Volpe down? So like, he just missed the game-winning home run by a couple of feet. Right? Went foul. Couldn't come through. It happens. But now they've lost three out of their last four without Aaron Judge in the lineup, and he got to snap out of it, right? You better snap out of it because who knows when Judge is coming back. I don't think it's going to be anything short-term. They're going to be cautious with him, as they should. Garrett Cole was solid last night. You know, he did give up that home run to Devers, who owns him. You know, if you've watched the Yankees and the Sox the last couple of years, but he didn't get any run support. You know, it's nice to see Josh Donaldson having that power stroke, especially since he's gotten off the injured list. You know, he got a couple of pokes there from D.J. LeMahieu. Other than that, was pretty much few and far between you know and it's going to take a collective effort without Aaron Judge you know everybody whose name is in that lineup is going to have to chip in bottom line let's go to the phones 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number let us say hi to Brian. he's in West Palm he's going to start us off here on 98.7 ESPN Brian good afternoon how are you
5: Dan, I grew up in Westbury. I went to Florida State University, so I know my baseball. The Yankee bottom of the order has to change. I I have a couple of moves. Bring up the bottom of the order. Hagashiosha, or however you spell his name, Mm -hmm. send him down and bring up Austin Wells. Bring up Spencer Jones to play left field for a while and see how he does because he's burning up in Scranton. He went to Vanderbilt. I've seen him play. Against the University of Florida, he's a hitter. Or 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 bring up Peraza, you know. Just uh, put uh, uh, Vol- uh, Volpe at second base and put Peraza at, sh- at at shortstop. You know, at the Yankees' bottom of the order is terrible. They just don't. Let me have, ask you a question, you know, Brian. They,
1: those guys that you want to bring up, you know, whoever you were talking about, are they on the 40-man roster?
5: Yes, they are. Yeah, Spencer Jones and Austin Wells are number are number two and three uh, prospects for the Yankees. Number one is, you know, the Martian. Number two is Austin Wells. Austin Wells went to University of Arizona. I saw him in the NCAA. If he can hit the ball, you know, right now. You know, he's a, uh, he's a uh, uh, lefty pull hitter. He'd be great in Yankee Stadium. And Spencer Jones just hits the ball everywhere. Well, I don't no, know. The if they're
1: gonna do. I, Brian, I don't know if they're going to do that. And thanks for the phone call. And, and you didn't really answer my question. OK, I, I said if they're not on the 40 man roster, then you're going to have to make roster moves and get rid of people altogether to get them onto the 40 man roster. You can't just call up guys whenever you want. You know, it's not how it works. There's actually rules that you have to follow. When you're talking about baseball and just bring it up, whoever you want. By the way, he said he knows baseball. He grew up in Westbury and he went to Florida State. I don't know how those two have any connection to baseball. I know they play baseball at Florida State. I'm sure that there's baseball fans in Westbury, but I don't know how, like, you play connect the dots and all that leads to, I know, baseball, right? There's not like a baseball hall. They didn't move the Baseball Hall of Fame from Cooperstown to Westbury, did they? I don't think so. I didn't get that memo. Be a little bit easier of a trip, of course, not having to trek all the way up there, even though it's a beautiful country all the way up. 800-919-3776. Let us say hi to Richard. He is in Manhattan. He's up next here on ninety eight seven. Good afternoon, Richard. How are you?
6: Hi, Dan. Boy, that was enjoyable watching Denver last night. Jokic has got to be the greatest passing player over six foot ten. And him and Magic Johnson, can you imagine? Or him and Jason Kidd on the same team? <laughs> They'd be like the Harlem Globetrotters.
1: Would they they all have triple-doubles at the end of the game, right? You know, it's not
6: even that. Uh, The statistics don't matter. When you watch the way the guy plays, it's beautiful basketball. The whole team. This team reminds me of that Portland team in 77 with Walton because that was a different kind of team back then, and uh, every piece fit in. But this team seems like they all love each other and they play great together. No arguing, nothing with, on the bench. The coach is in total control. I mean, they're really fun to watch. Not that any other team wasn't. I mean, LeBron's teams with Cleveland and Miami were good. Uh, Golden State with Curry and Durant and all these guys. Hey, uh, Dan, you know what I was thinking? Mm-hmm. A year and a half ago, if you said on the Nets, mm-hmm. who's going to be the next champion? And your four choices were James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, or Bruce, ba- Bruce Brown.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Who would your choice have been? It wouldn't have been Bruce Brown.
1: wouldn't have been Bruce Brown. And he was great last <gasps> night for them. You know, oh, he was that man. guy off Did the bench see? who gave him a punch.
6: Did you see that? Did you see Volpe's shot? I was watching both simultaneously. Did you see Volpe's shot right before, uh, uh, at the end there when it went foul? Yes, I did. I thought that was gone. Didn't you so think did it was Volpe gone? When so it was did off the whole the back? stadium,
1: as a matter of fact.
6: Oh, man, that was fantastic. That, that, <laughs> yeah, the problem, again, with uh, Cole. He's a six inning pitcher. You need seven innings. These guys see what Aaron Boone likes to do is six innings and then three relief pitches. It's all probability based. I'm surprised their analytics don't tell him this. When you use three relief pitches, the chances are one of the three is not gonna have it. Abreu didn't have it yesterday and that was it. That cost him the game. See so you gotta get your started through seven and hopefully just use one relief pitcher for the eighth and ninth, and if you have to, use two. That's it. To me, in my mind, now I may be wrong. I still don't understand it. The less pitches you use or you have to use, the better chance you have. If the guy is pitching good, keep him in there. Now, with Cole, he had 101, so that's 17 pitches an inning. This guy throws too many pitches per inning. I mean, I don't want to hear about strikeouts. That's a negative. Strikeout statistics are negative. You know how the running back is a negative in the NFL? Well, the old days of strikeouts as a pitcher and are uh, uh, and negative in baseball because they take a toll on pitch count. Yeah, run, so that runs the up bit- the pitch
1: count, especially if you don't have put-away stuff. And, Rich, thanks nobody for the does. call. Nobody you know, nobody you're fouling does. off pitches left and right, and your pitch count's going up. Here's the thing with Cole, though. Remember, the last time out – um Out in L.A. when he pitched last weekend, I think he only went six innings. He was dealing with some cramping and stuff like that. So I don't know if that had any sort of residual effect last night. I don't know if they were just, you know, monitoring the situation, just trying to keep tabs on it. Because after all, what is it, June? Last night was June 9th. You know, you got a long season ahead. You hope that Garrett Cole's still going to make, you know, what, 20 more starts for you for the remainder of the season? Throw in the postseason as well? You know, they don't want to run him ragged. I mean, bottom line is they just didn't hit last night. I thought you got enough from Cole to win the game. Randy Wayne gave up two runs. Two runs should be enough. The offense just went MIA. Garrett Whitlock, ironically enough, who was, you know, former Yankee property once upon a time. But Corey used three relievers, and he was able to win the game. Except Kenley gave oh, nearly gave it back there in the ninth inning. And, and I, I, It's funny. When Kenley Jansen, he got, like, some milestone career save earlier this year. I think it was, like, his 400th or his 500th, whatever the hell it was, and people are talking about, oh, should Kenley Jansen be in? He ain't no Hall of Famer. Come on. I mean, like, people just get so inundated with statistics. The save is one of the most misleading, pointless stats, I think, that you have in baseball. Kenley Jansen, Hall of Famer. My gosh. I mean, really? You're going to put a guy in the Hall of Fame who the the team that he was on when they won the World Series a couple of years ago, the Fugazi COVID one in, in 2020, like, he wasn't even the guy who closed out the damn World Series. His own manager lost confidence in him. They had a starting pitcher close it out, and we're putting this guy in the Hall of Fame? Stop. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That's the telephone number. Talk a little Yankees-Red Sox. The rivalry, right? The matchup. Does it still have the same luster? I got my thoughts. Dan Grosso Show. We're live from the Jets Training Center here in Florham Park, New Jersey. Right here on ESPN.
5: SPN. Yosha.
4: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grossa Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN. I'm from the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center, where today they're going to be having the New York and New Jersey state girls high school flag football championships the new jersey championship going to be getting underway coming up in just a little while that'll be ridgewood taking on hillside my hometown as a matter of fact so that will be going on here but we're talking baseball little yanks red here's the thing with yankees red socks i understand that it's always going to be a rivalry in some way shape or form right it's the yankees the red Bit of you know afc or afc i too much football here AL East, right, the whole nine yards. But I, I just – to me, it's lost some luster. You know, if you go back, you know, 2003, 2004, those days, right, those teams had chances to win a championship, right? Red Sox were a championship-caliber team. The Yankees were a championship-caliber team. You can't say the same thing about either one of them now. I mean, it, it, it's – full. I mean, the Red Sox, in all probability, aren't even making the playoffs this year. They've got so many issues. And now they lost Chris Sale, you know, for months – with the scapula injury, and he was actually pitching pretty good, too, before he went down, right? And I'm shocked. I I really and truly am, and I understand that it's not for everybody and it's hit or miss, and maybe the only people that are watching it are the ones that are fans of the teams, but I'm surprised that, you know, ESPN decided to double down on Yankees Red Sox for Sunday night baseball tomorrow and then even next Sunday. Like, don't you think that's enough? Like, do you think that there's an appetite across the country for Yankees, Red Sox, to the same extent that it was all those years? Even Fox tonight. Fox put it as a national TV primetime game. If if you're baseball and all you hear about what baseball is, trying to grow the game, trying to attract new fans, trying to generate more interest, how about actually doing what you preach? You know, try to grow the game. Because this weekend, the best series on the schedule is not even close to being Yankees, Red Sox. Not even close. Texas is playing Tampa Bay, and I understand that you know those aren't exactly wow franchises across the country, but they are the two best teams in the American League this year, and they so happen to be playing each other. Why does that not get the national TV treatment? If you really, truly want to grow the game. I mean, geez, the Yankees haven't even been to a World Series in 13 years or whatever it is. Justin and Tom's River, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Justin, how are you?
3: Good, Dan. Thank you for taking my phone call. You know, I totally agree with you. You know, I'm a big baseball and football fan, and I'm in my mid-30s, and this Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, to me, as a big baseball fan, is stale. I mean, I watch it because I love baseball, and I'm a huge Yankee fan. But at this point, it's a nostalgic rivalry at this point. As a Yankee fan, I would argue the Blue Jays and the Rays are a much bigger rivalry to us at this point. And it's a simple fact is it just doesn't have that – that animosity towards each other's team anymore after this year you would uh, as a yankee fan i would say i hate the rays and i hate the blue jays more than the red sox at this point that's just from the point standpoint of the red sox have
1: not been competitive for a while now that's (laughs) the bottom line And 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 justin that's i'll let you finish but that's with anything right i mean i don't care what sport you're talking about nba nfl mlb Teams have to be good for it to be a rivalry. A rivalry means that both teams actually win some of the games every so often. You know, and it can't just be like one-way traffic where one has the upper hand on the other either.
3: I totally agree with you. I was talking with the guy that was screening the calls, and it has a chance to come back, but there has to be, you know, maybe Cole would have to go in high and tight. Maybe there has to be some plonking or something like that. It it definitely has
1: a chance to come back, but the Red Sox, in my
3: opinion, have to come back and be more competitive.
1: Yeah, and look, it's it's not going to be this year. They're just not that type of a team. And Justin, thanks a lot for the phone call. And and like you said, you had guys on those teams. And I know, look, I know it was a long time ago. But you had guys on those teams where there was genuine animosity. They didn't like each other. You get that feel now when you're watching Yankees, Red Sox? Like, what guy is going to, you know, is, is there going to be a guy like Pedro that steps on the mound and throws up and in on Yankee hitters and so on and so forth? You know, is it going to be George Posada getting in the face of some of the Red Sox guys and, you know, back and forth and some of those personalities, right? How remember all those Red Sox pitchers were plunking Yankees and the Yankees wouldn't retaliate. You know, that was, I mean, that was in those days. Like if we were doing a program like this and it was 20 years ago, we might do the whole three hours on Yankees-Red Sox because it was that big of a storyline. Right? They made the documentaries, Yankees, Red so- Yeah, because back then it was special. And remember, it took until the wild card was implemented for those two teams to even meet in the playoffs. Because for all those decades, it was just one team won the American League East and went to the playoffs, and that was it. You know, So it took until you added an extra team, and that was the only way that they would be able to match up in the postseason, which just added another layer to the rivalry and everything that would be talked about. But it's just it's not the same. It really and truly isn't the same. You know, both teams got to win. Both teams got to be good. You know, they're not going to put, for example. You know, like you think about some of these NBA rivalries, you know, Celtics Lakers is an is an all time, you know, historical rivalry. But if one of the teams is bad, right, they're not going to put. That on, like, Christmas Day, for example, or national TV, when they're making their, you know, slate of games that they want the whole country to get eyeballs on. They're just not going to do it. Both teams have to be good. So, you know, whether it's a, you know, a player going from one team to the other, that also could spice things up a little bit. But right now, I just I, I don't see it. I really and truly don't. You know? Even if you're not a Red Sox fan or a Yankee fan, but if when those teams played each other, you know, you had to tune in because you never knew what was going to happen. What's going to happen tonight? With Towner Hauck and, and Domingo Herman pitching. What, what's going to happen? That Domingo Herman's hands might be too sticky again? Like, that might be the only bombshell that happens in the game. And the umpire's got to tell him to go wash his hands again? Or maybe Boone gets ejected for arguing over it? Like, like what, so, what controversy is going to transpire in that game? Just for sheer entertainment, you might as well watch the Mets for crying out loud. You know? You might laugh a few times watching the Mets play. By the way, Senga tonight for the Mets against the Pittsburgh Pirates on the road again. And why is Senga entertaining when he pitches? Well, it's entertaining when he pitches on the road because, well, he's not very good, to be quite honest with you. You know, he's got an ERA over six. Last time out, which was a game at Citi Field, let's not forget, he couldn't even get through three innings against the Toronto Blue Jays. So if that guy wants to maybe earn some of that $75 million that Steve Cohen is paying him, tonight would be the night to maybe step up and give a big-time performance if you want to stop this bleeding, right? And it might just take more than one guy, too. It probably will be because this thing is, you know, bleeding pretty bad. It's not just going to be a Band-Aid. You might need to call the whole paramedics team to be able to fix this because it is rough. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Jeremy who's calling from Rye. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jeremy, how we doing?
3: How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm just, uh, I'm a huge Yankee fan, been a Yankee fan my whole life, but I just feel like we have no, like, competitiveness. Even when if Judge comes back healthy, I still think the Orioles and the Rays are better than us. Like, in the playoffs, we're not going to beat them. I just, it's just sad to say.
1: Well, I mean, if you're asking me right now, do I see anything out of the Yankees which makes me think October is going to be any different than it's been in previous years? The answer is no. I mean, really and truly. And, Jeremy, I just don't want to pile on what you just said, but that's how I feel deep down. And I don't know what move there is to make by Brian Cashman at the deadline that's going to change that. You know, first and foremost, find out what the hell's wrong with Aaron Judge. You know, and find out how long he's going to be on the shelf because it goes without saying you're not winning anything if this guy's not going to be in the lineup and be healthy for you. He is your franchise. He is the pinstripes. He is the interlocking NY. You need Judge in the lineup.
3: Yes, exactly. I agree. I just don't, I don't know. I just, every time they go to the playoffs, they just disappoint. You know, I try to have high expectations and they just don't do it for me.
1: Jeremy, thanks for the phone call. Look, 2009, last time we were in a world series, right? Some Yankee fans don't know how to live with themselves any longer because the Yankees haven't been in a world series in a long time, especially if you were old enough and you grew up with those Jeter teams in the nineties. And it was, you know, it seemed like the world series every single year. It's been a long time between drinks. If you're asking me right now if we could look into the crystal ball and fast forward to October, do I think there's going to be a different outcome in the postseason for the Yankees? No. Do I think that once we get to late October, early November, and we're having conversations on this radio station about the Yankees and their course of action in the offseason and how it should be any different and fire Brian Cashman and all those. No, those are probably still going to be there. I could, put any, I, I could put the Mets payroll on it, right? That That's probably what the tenor of these conversations are going to be, just like they have been for the last I don't know how many years. Get rid of Cashman. Get rid of Cashman. Yankees haven't won in forever. Get rid of Cashman. That's what's going to happen because I don't think the Yankees are winning again this year. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get into some NBA finals and also some football talk as well. Dan Grasso show. We are live from the Jets Training Center in Florham Park, New Jersey, right here, 9870 ESP.
4: Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasa Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) We are live from the Atlantic Health Jet's Training Center. In Florham Park, New Jersey. Today they're hosting the Girls High School Flag Football Championships. Jersey Championship going to get underway here in just a little bit. Behind me, Ridgewood is going to take on Hillside. A great day. And they do a great job with the setup. They, they really and truly do. So, so kudos to the Jets, Gatorade, Nike, everybody that chips in the NFL. They really put on a real good product here. And it's nice to see these kids get the recognition they deserve for all the hard work that they put in. Uh, on this day, they got the bleachers set up, so you got family and friends, everybody coming here and watching. It, and it's, it's, it, the day is a perfect ten; it, it really and truly is. Couldn't ask for better weather, and we're glad to be out here for it. You know, we were talking about Yankees, Red Sox. We'll get back to the calls here in just a sec. Tuesday, Wednesday, we have the first version of the Subway Series for the upcoming season. Right, you got the two games over at Citi Field between the Mets and the Yankees. No Aaron Judge, no Pete Alonso. I've kind of cooled even on the Subway Series, to be quite honest with you. I I mean, I think that's lost a lot of luster over the years. And I understand that they wanted to keep it and, you know, so on and so forth. They're going to play two games in the Bronx, two games in Queens. But I just just don't get revved up for it, maybe like I once did, you know, in the first, like, let's say 10 years or so. Because remember, back then when the Subway Series became a thing, you had the Yankees starting out in the middle of their dynasty – Right, so if you were a Met fan, any win you got against the Yankees was a big thing. I mean, shoot, I remember being at the first ever Subway Series game in 1997 at, y- at the old Yankee Stadium, not the same building. Okay, at the old Yankee Stadium. Yep, I was sitting. I was sitting in row X, which was the last row of the place. Yes, they didn't even have a Z. Row X was the last row in the place, right behind home plate in the upper deck. I don't remember if it was section one, section two, whatever it was, but it was fantastic. And that was the Dave Malicki masterpiece. And I remember back then, you know, younger guy, you're thinking that, you know, from a Mets standpoint, that was like as good a win as you've had in like forever. Right? Because the Yankees were the defending champs. Dave Malicki goes in, he pitches a complete game. The Dave Malicki game, you know, it'll be on Mets classics forever and ever and ever and ever. So, that was cool. You know, when it, when it became a thing, the Mets and Yankees playing meaningful games. It, it actually, like, meant something. And even for those next few years when the Mets got good again, when Piazza showed up, and then, you know, the Mets were competing for championships, and they were trying to tackle the Braves and the Yankees both at the same time. And to me, once they met in the World Series in 2000, which, of course, we know the Yankees won, after that World Series, the regular season version of the Subway Series went downhill. Because nothing can duplicate that series. So the Yankees, by winning the Subway Series in 2000, they basically had bragging rights forever. Forever and ever and ever, unless they meet in the World Series again. That's the only way the Mets are going to be able to kind of have an equal footing. But the Yankees won the ultimate series. So whatever happens in the regular season, that means nothing. Bragging rights? What bragging rights? Show them 2000. That's all the bragging rights you need. And, I mean, you're talking about World Series. The way the Mets are going right now, I mean, they might not even make it to the Subway Series next week. They're so bad. They might show up at the wrong stadium, knowing them. Here's Buck talking about his offense last night. They got doubled up 14-7 by the Pittsburgh Pirates.
2: It's good to see at the end off a really good pitcher get some runs on the board, but he scored seven runs and didn't win, so it's tough. Kind of been the last, you know, couple of games we scored nineteen or twenty runs in Atlanta and didn't win. Scored another seven tonight, so that's usually due to struggling a little bit pitching and also uh, sometimes not catching the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know Bucks going through a lot of stuff right now. You know, he said he was proud of the team a couple of nights ago. Enough with the seven runs. It was fourteen to two going into the ninth inning. It was fourteen to two you're actually going to put stock in what they did in the ninth inning off a good pitcher. Yeah, they had to bring on Bednar just to get him some work because the other guy that they had in there in mop-up duty to see if he could get three outs, he couldn't get three outs. So they came out and they brought in their all-star closer, which, by the way, you know, David Bednar is a guy who, in a perfect world, probably would be trade bait. You know, a lot of teams looking for bullpen help, like he's good. But now with Pittsburgh, with their head above water a little bit in that National League Central, who the heck knows? They might decide to hang on to him, right? Tied for first place right now. That division stinks. They might actually do something crazy and maybe try to win it. So that was the offense, right? And we talked about the defense last night and how bad that was and how much of a comedy of errors that whole thing was. What about the defense last night, Buck?
2: You know, some, some physical plays that uh, we do, we normally make, and uh, we didn't make them. That's, I think that's a, probably one of the more disappointing things. You know, he's a ball there at a couple of situations where McGill could have got out of there unscathed. I didn't, you know, if we play a little bit better defensively but behind him, it might be a different situation, but we didn't, and it snowballed on him with the pitch count.
1: Oh, it snowballed. Oh, it snowballed. And that's why, like, you know, you scoff at such things. And when you hear people talk about it in baseball, like, you're like, oh, come on, you know, what are you talking? And you think that it's all about just pitching and hitting and that's sort no, you know what? Sometimes catching the ball actually can help win you games. It can certainly help you lose the game if you don't catch it. And the Mets didn't help themselves in any way last night. And if you are lacking in a little bit of other areas and, and we know they're fighting it, that just makes matters worse. And that's why you have an embarrassing performance like they did last night. I I can't – I am so curious – Almost like the car wreck on the side of the road. Hey, you can't look away? That's how I look at the Mets for the rest of the weekend. Like, I, I, I can't look away. I'm, I'm, I'm dying to see what happens. I'm dying to see how much worse it could possibly get before they actually do something. And I mean do something in the sense of make a change. Because how can you let this linger? How can you let this fester and how can you let it go on? It's, it's, it's to the point of embarrassment. It really is. If you just keep trotting this same lackluster performance out on the field time and time again. If you were rebuilding, if you were the Oakland A's, you know, the Kansas City Royals, I don't want to put, I, I shouldn't put Oakland in any category with anybody else because they're in a different category. They're, you know, they're literally minor leagues. But if you're a team like Kansas City, for example, you know, who's, who's clearly in a rebuilding mode, you know, you can expect these type of performances, right? You expect to kind of go through this stuff. But this is the team that's got the richest payroll in the history of the sport. And these are the type of performances you're getting. Not good at all. Not not good at all. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Again, we are out here live at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center in Florham Park, New Jersey. They are hosting the Girls' High School Flag Football Championships Beautiful setup that they have here. They're going to get the New Jersey championship underway here in just a little bit. We'll talk to some folks from the Jets coming up as well as, um, you know, the winning coach of the New Jersey game while we're still on the air here till 3 o'clock. So we look forward to that. When we come back, though, got to get into some NBA because now the finals look as if they are going to go by the way of the Denver Nuggets. And they are one victory away question is do they wrap it up in game five at home or can Miami actually some way somehow get it back to South Beach for game number six I'm not so sure that Miami has it in them but nevertheless we'll talk about it here and then you can already start to look to the future and talk about legacies and what this championship is going to mean for one Nikola Jokic, right? He is the star player. He is the MVP two times over. And now he's finally going to have a championship attached to that legacy. You know what the great saying is, right? That if you're a great player, MVP player, that's great. But you got to win. Where are your rings? Where are your championships? Well, now you're not going to have to say that pretty soon because he's only 48 minutes away from picking up that hardware. Cross the show till 3 o'clock. On this Saturday, right here on 98.7 ESPN.